If you want to participate, contact me at ordinarywomenpodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure you have great projects to brag about. You can also follow me and message me on Instagram at ordinarywomenpodcast, on Twitter at ordinarywomenpc, or on Facebook on the page Ordinary Women. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Ordinary Women. I'm with Velina today. Hi Velina, thank you so much for being here. Hi Lucy, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here as well. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for um, your willingness to participate. Uh, can you start by giving us a quick introduction of yourself, please? Absolutely. Um, hi everyone, uh, my name is Velina Cara and I currently live in Denver, Colorado. Uh, but I've lived really all over the place. I just moved from Texas, and then before that, I lived in Connecticut, and then before that, I lived in France, and then before that, I lived in Bulgaria, where I'm originally from. So I kind of consider myself almost like a world citizen at this point, and I'm I'm super excited to be here. That's so great. So many places. Wow. Do you think you'll stay for longer in, in Colorado before moving again? I hope so. <laughs> no, I, I I really stayed for a while in Texas, specifically Houston. Um, I know that it doesn't really sound appealing to people from outside of Texas, but actually Houston is one of the most international cities. And that's why I really, really enjoyed it. And it was really a great place to start um, as an immigrant, especially as an immigrant student. But Colorado, I've honestly been trying to move here for a while because we love the mountain we love kind of the it's a different lifestyle the weather is much nicer people are a lot more um outgoing in terms of like outdoors uh, so i'm super happy to be here because i also have a small like a young daughter and i think that this is much better for her than you know the heat in texas so hopefully we'll stay here for a while uh that sounds so great and can you tell us something unusual about yourself This is difficult, but <laughs> like I, I'm sure there is a lot of things that are unusual. <laughs> uh, but what do I want to share? Well, so I used to be a semi-professional uh, roller skater or rollerblader when I was a teenager. I was probably like one of the two girls doing that, and I just loved it i remember jumping and doing some crazy stuff and i don't know like my days were filled with that and right now when i think about it i'm like wow this is really unusual and and also like i as soon as i remember how i felt when i was like riding or jumping it's just such an amazing experience that i that i had and i didn't even really understand it at the, at the time that's so cool so when did you start to do roller skating well um I think I was about 11 years old. So from 11 to 14, I was pretty actively involved in that community and, and, and in skating around the city <laughs> in, in, in Bulgaria. So it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. That is so cool. And there are a lot in the US as well, right? Like there, there's a big community of roller skater here. Probably. I actually don't know because that part of my life basically ended when I entered my teenage years, you know, when oh, okay. other stuff become priorities, which are really not, but, you know, that's how it feels at the moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
Oh, yeah. that's super cool. Definitely, yeah, unusual. That is great. Obviously, on this podcast, we talk a lot about being a woman. So I'd like to start by asking, was there a moment or an event in your life when you realized that you are a woman? <laughs> I love this question. Um, for me, it was honestly the moment I have memories. <laughs> oh, really? It's our, yes, it, it was... I actually, this is something that has been part of me and I very vividly understood that there is a difference from a very young age, probably to like, like I said, my first memories. And it's very interesting. And that's something that I would love to like dig deeper when I have more time later on in my life. But from the very beginning, I didn't like that there was a difference. I remember being mm. not okay with it, sometimes even angry, like. I have an older brother. He's like two years older. So let's say I was two and he was four. There was already a difference in the toys. And I always wanted to play with his toys because I found them more exciting. And I remember someone telling me, but no, that those are like girl toys. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know, like, what, what yeah. do you mean by girl, girl toys? And they're like, well, I don't know. I think one of them was like a metal stove. Because like, those are like the very old toys. They were made from actually like, steel or like metal I don't even remember how exactly they were made and I was like but that's boring like I I get it like I play with it for five minutes but I want to play with something else why why do we I didn't know those words but I, I was thinking why why do we label things differently I don't understand and I would get very angry and I'm like well then I want to be a boy I I, yeah. I I I used to say this a lot I even remember <laughs> this is probably like I hope it's PG-13, but I even, like, remember because I was playing with a lot of boys and girls, but mostly boys. And, you know, how we pee differently. Like, I was even mimicking how, you know, we pee as, as children just because. <laughs> and, and now I think about it, I don't think I wanted to be a boy. I just wanted to have the same access to things, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. So what happened if you wanted to play with your brother, for instance? No, we always played. Um It's just, like I said, there is always some sort of a limitation when you are a girl. Mm -hmm. Like, you're supposed to act a certain way, do things a certain way, or don't do other things, but it was okay if, it was, if you were a boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I wow. didn't And really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And was it your parents as well doing that, um, like, gendering toys? Uh, I would say my parents were actually pretty okay mm -hmm. uh, com coming from a society in Eastern Europe. They were intelligent and I don't think they specifically were like, okay, let's be, um, let's give the same access to both of our children. Let's not mm -hmm. like bring like societal norms or like crazy stuff like that into our family. But because they were a little bit more advanced in terms of their thinking, Uh, they didn't specifically limit me, but outside of my home, oh yes, everywhere. Like as soon as you go out, like my grandparents, um, like like other immediate family, like just even like school, absolutely in school, it was really everywhere. Oh wow! And yeah, like starting with toys, obviously it's um, definitely you really build your own. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, so many reasons to be angry or like. Feel that difference. As you grow up, did you grow up with any feminine female role model? 
Yes. So I was very fortunate because, like, especially in Eastern Europe, where I come from, I come from Bulgaria. It's a very small country, like now about six and a half million people because there's like an exodus almost of, you know, young people. Um, like 90 plus percent of kids never reach their full potential. And I'm like, I honestly, every day I feel like grateful and lucky that I was able to somehow create my own path and exit that society and that norm and just be on my own and really create my own world, literally my own life, not world, but life. And, um, and that's related to role models, actually, very much. Um, there is many, but I would say that I have always been attracted to independent, uh, successful women since a very young age. I would always, like, if I see them, and no matter where I see them, in the store, at school, like, in the family, I would, I would be just very interested to know more about them and I would observe them. And one of them is my aunt, um, she probably had the most impact on me than anybody because she's also part of my family. So I had the, the chance to know her intimately and, and, and understand her life and, and how she was leading her life. Huge impact. Um, something that a lot of girls and kids never had. And I, I, again, I was very lucky because in my end, she's a dentist. She did not get married. She doesn't have children. I'm not sure why. Um, I, I wouldn't really like focus on that, but um, I, I now that I'm a little bit older, I think it's because she had a very demanding career. And, and back in the day, and even today, it's very difficult to have a demanding career and, and also be a great, you know, parent. And a lot of people in back, and if you think about it, like a lot of the prominent women, to, women today, they actually don't have family because they fully dedicated their time and efforts um, into just their careers. Um, there was never a system to support anything else. And uh, she's very independent, extremely successful, and extremely successful in many terms, like on paper, 100%, but also as an individual, she, she would be the person that understands self-care, very um, diverse views of the world, extremely um, well-rounded, right? Because she, she had the opportunity to shape herself uh, because, because she, she's just that person. And then another, another huge role model is Serena Williams, and that's so interesting because when I was a fan of Serena Williams, I didn't even know about the United States. I was like very young. I was like maybe like seven, eight year old, eight years old, because my father used to watch a lot of tennis. So I would actually watch tennis as well with him or just in passing. And I remember when Serena Williams and actually both Serena and Venus Williams, when they entered the tennis scene, it was a huge deal. They were like, oh, look, they're so, look at how muscular they are. Look at how they look. And they, they're just like, they're, they're better than everyone because of this, this and that. And like, there was so much backlash. And all I could see is super strong, amazing women kicking ass time after time. And how people did not like that, you know, like, and I was like, and, and they felt like outsiders at the time, not anymore, but at the time, like 20 years ago, uh, that's how they, it felt like, and I, I felt like an outsider and I, that, that whole thing really resonated with me and they just would go and just kick us every time. And they didn't care about what people thought or what people said. And to this day, they're one of the best players in the world. I mean, Serena Williams is definitely 
the best player in the world. And that had a huge impact on me and on my confidence. And, and it was, one, they were female, but two, they were different, right? They, people would label them as different for many reasons. And that's how I felt. And I was like, you know what? Maybe different is actually good, you know? Um, so, yeah, those are the ones that I vividly remember. But like I said, any really female independent strong would, would catch my eye. And I would like to, I would have known, like, I would have liked to know more about them. Yeah, definitely. Your own sounds amazing. And yes, yeah, Serena Williams, especially I'm always amazed, not in a good way, of the, the amount of men who think they could win a game against her. And it's like, no, you you could not. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's absolutely amazing. I definitely can understand that she would be your role model. And do you have any today? Any role model? Today, I have to say it's women i'm like so excited about the time we were in and how women have just started generally claiming their art and power and seat at the table and everything really just like honestly i'm just amazed by women in general and um but like if i have to be specific i have definitely a few people that especially lately who have absolutely um i don't know like i i, I value them so much and they give me so much in terms of like confidence and just understanding of uh, that it's okay to you know do what you need or do what you want and, and stuff like that and one of them is Alison Robinson um, she's the CEO and founder of the Mom Project and, and um, I worked for her basically a couple oh, wow. of years ago actually a year ago or a couple of years ago and we became very close uh, professionally but a little bit personally and um, it's good to read about these stories, right? Like because we read about these women who, like I said, like do they just claim their their power, whatever they're into, they they claim it. They they don't stop themselves, or no, or people are not able to stop them. And I read about these women all the time, but to actually know someone um, and see how they go day by day, and 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 the type of individual they truly are, the way they speak, the way they interact with others, the way they interact with you, the way they lead their lives, uh, really opened up my eyes. That yes, it's it's not only possible, but it's it's it is what it's supposed to look like. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's more about again going back to reaching your full potential. You have to. Everyone knows in their own being what they're capable of and what they want to do and what attracts them and what does not attract them so going after that and really listening to yourself is very difficult for females because again we have so many norms and frameworks that we're supposed to fit in and sometimes it just doesn't feel right right and, and Alison Robinson is definitely someone who I think just follows their arrow <laughs> uh, so that helped me press even further it sounds amazing. I'll definitely, I don't know about her. I'll definitely check her out after because uh, she sounds amazing. <laughs> and yep. yeah, so, and it kind of joins what you were saying just before, right? Like, how do you, how do you both have a career and a family when it's still very much, um, like women are still doing very much the, the work at home. Of um, It's changing now, thankfully, but it's still, I mean, I, I don't know about the, um, data everywhere but i know that in france at least a few years ago it was still i want to say 55 percent of the tasks at home were done by women which doesn't 
like obviously it's not the same amount of time that you can put in your career yeah yeah no absolutely and this is just one of the units yeah absolutely mm. uh, more work but yeah it's 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 very complicated and it's complicated i don't even like to even like that's absolutely true i think it's even more like women spend probably about 70% of housework including you know like childcare but i do not like to specifically think about those numbers because i feel like and and people should me personally i'm like these numbers we all know about them there's so much research done into it it's more about looking at the core of the problem which is you know the entire system was built like 50 years ago when you know yeah. factory work was really uh the way of you know labor was performed uh women were not part of the labor force and women were not part of the decision making on a policy level so this entire system was made for a different time for a different audience and for a different setup and of course it will never work today and i think that if we can just honestly just forget about everything and just like start rebuilding would be probably the best way to move forward yeah definitely definitely and also yeah what you were saying is so true and especially now that we are asking yeah asking women to basically do all the free labor that they were doing at home plus 7 to 8 hours of work per day is like no one can do that it's <laughs> but yeah definitely hopefully one day one yeah day we'll get there. the more involved we are the more the, the quicker things will make more sense for everyone yeah definitely Thank you so much for sharing all of this so interesting and inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. And I'd like to jump on kind of the second part and talk about something that you want to talk about and that you're proud of that you did. Um so what do you want to talk about? So I am actually working currently on a project that I'm extremely proud about and, and I think I'll f- I'll definitely focus on that. Uh, where do you want me to start? How about like you tell us a bit about what it is? So during COVID a lot of things happened and didn't happen, right? We were staying home, we were yeah. isolating but at the same time because we were staying in one place, we we somehow had the opportunity to really observe what is happening yeah. around us. Uh what is happening around us in terms of like, you know, people uh you know even politics right we politics was a huge part of that period right we again we are usually involved in politics but at that time we were extra involved and um because of that uh, a lot of old codem problems to be solved emerged or they didn't emerge they were more clear i like to call them opportunities to me i go by every single day and i see a lot of things from you know i don't know simple things like why is my coffee machine operating the way it is uh to like huge you know like societal issues and i'm like what if we did that what if we did that if what what if we do that so i always find opportunity to opportunities to improve or uh, you know evolve or completely change depending on the use case and um at that time i was very like i was a young mom my daughter was 5 months old she was growing fast and i was i was working from home actually um full time and i was also you know a full time caregiver and uh i would be like on 
digital applications all the time, like Nextdoor, that's super popular in the US. Like if you live in a neighborhood, you're probably on Nextdoor, you know, Facebook, whatever, like all the major ones. And, um, and I started to notice that because of COVID, a lot of people got laid off. And, and, and I think, again, just people were like interacting more in general online. And I've noticed a trend where, you know, people will be like, hey, we want to, we can help with this. Hey, we can drop off your groceries if you're sick or if you're like, I don't know, immunocompromised and you, you don't really want to leave your house. And, you know, we'll be happy to just deliver stuff or, you know, run errands for you. And that turned out to be into like, hey, you know what? I, I have an extra dinner that I'd like to share to, hey, you know what? I'm like moving or I'm setting my house and I have like all this stuff that I'm, I'm giving away and I really want to give it to someone that, you know, would use them. And, uh, and I was like, that's cool. So I started participating in a way that I had a lot of uh, baby clothes and, um, and baby stuff because, you know, babies grow pretty, pretty fast. So I'm like, oh my God, like I would, ju- I would even picture like, you know, going to the, you know, this household, you know, the mom and dad, like super excited or the caregiver and then, and, and then the baby wearing the stuff and then, you know, like maybe them giving them away to the next person. And it was just like a, a very cool thing. And I started doing that honestly on a weekly basis and then it grew into like all kinds of stuff that we had around the house that we didn't need and then I was like every time I would do it I was like oh I wish you know I could do this because now I'm receiving 500 messages like like the the system for doing that online currently it's not ideal at all it's not optimized because we're like we're trying to do these things on platforms that were not meant for this type of transactions literally so of course the the experience is overwhelming. Not that you know the the brand or the or the platform is not good. It's just it was never meant for this. So clearly, it's not going to be you know a good experience. So I was like, shoot, like I, I wish we could do this. I wish I can. And then I started thinking about all these things that I wish <laughs> could exist. And the more I did it, the more people I started to observe because I started plugging myself into like pages, like free stuff Houston, free stuff this and. And and I would be like, oh my god, people don't just you know give away stuff because like people give away stuff for all kinds of reasons, and people need stuff or ask for things for all kinds of reasons. So I'm like, oh, this is like really cool. Like I wish we can do more of this. And, and every time somebody would ask about something, like there was a teacher, I vividly remember she was like, you know what, I'm going back to school and I need some school supplies. And I know there is a lot out there. Like and it's probably like in your house and you're trying to figure out what to do with it, basically almost throw it away, like uh, like school supplies. And I'm like, just give it to me. I have like 30 students that would really benefit. And then she received probably like 500 messages. You know, immediately people jumped in. I have this, I have this. I think she she had, she asked for one thing and I think she at the end she got like 500 things. And and, and I'm sure wow. that, you know, that was super positive for the school, for the students, you know, just just think about that impact. And those people that give, gave those, th- those things away, they were so fulfilled because it's not sitting in their home, not going to throw it away. They actually, you don't know that this is going somewhere where it's going to be used, and there's like impact from their, you know, from their actions. So I was like, and I was working in the mom project at the time, and I was doing an amazing project for them, and I, I was like, this just could not get out of my mind. Like I would get up in the morning, I'll think about it, and again, I was also a participant. So I'm like, and I was like doing additional continuing education with Ideal. So I was like doing a lot of courses with them, and and I was always using these use cases to just continue to dig deeper into the concept. And 
what can we improve and, and, and like insights for innovation. And, and I did a lot of consumer research and, and that's in parallel with the amazing work that I was doing for the MAM project and, you know, the amazing work that the MAM project was doing for people. And uh, as soon as that project finished and I, again, I, every day I would just wake up and think about this. I was like, I think it's time for me to, to step away from my traditional career and uh, just try to really focus on this because if I'm constantly thinking about it, probably there is a reason. And I, I, and I think the reason is because one, I was very passionate about it. Two, I know that I can, I can, I can really bring an amazing solution because of my background. And three, I think that I've been waiting for this moment, honestly, my entire life to actually do something that creates something that actually has a positive impact, um, but also for me to be heavily, I just want this to be my, my career. And um, at that moment, I, I kind of stepped out and I was like, okay, we need to figure out a way, a better way, or we need to create a better way for people to give or seek items for free. Uh, and that's what I'm working on. I have like amazing people involved in this and and um, it's been a few months and, and it, it's, it's, it's becoming more real and more real. And I think there is a huge opportunity to make an impact the company is actually a public benefit company. I'm so proud of this. And um, hopefully soon we can have this solution and, and, and really start bringing um, all these amazing people that, you know, can't wait really to have an optimized experience and, and, you know, like perform those transactions and also maybe show the rest of the world that, you know, this is another way we can deal with goods and, and, and things. You know, it doesn't always have to be new. It, I think there is more sustainable practices out there. That's so interesting and so cool. I love it. Um, and I love how like the idea came. It's yeah, it's definitely so cool. And yeah, like it's so good to have like secondhand platforms. And like, yeah, we've seen that it works quite well for clothes when but when you pay. But it's definitely interesting also to just have like people giving things away because definitely better than um throwing it away actually where i live and especially in my like in yeah in the area um people sometimes leave things outside and mm. other people just grab it so we have so many things at home that my flatmate just sew in the street <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah i'm sure that so many of these just end up being thrown away when other people could reuse it so yeah that's so so cool can't wait to see like to to be able to use it whenever or if it arrives in or in Europe at some point. Oh, I, 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 like I, I'm, I really hope so. <laughs> yeah, uh, it will definitely it will pilot in the US, but I think that's like a, I think it's this solution doesn't really have borders, and Europe is definitely yeah. like um, I think the culture and just the I think it's mm. just a perfect perfect spot as well. But again, there, I don't think that this is to me like a global solution. Um, but of course, you have to start somewhere, right? So, yeah, definitely. Cool. And how how did you do it? What did you concretely do? So there is no specific step. It's like I said, it's a process. It's just like like I said, almost like for over a year, I couldn't get it out of my head, and and uh, that's the beauty of it because during this year, I actually listened, observed, I spoke to the consumer, so. I got to really understand what the pain points are, what's the problem to be solved, what a potential solution could look like. And I think that I am so actually like excited that this started that way versus I'm just trying to figure out what to do and then just, just create something. 
it was very organic, right? And I spent a lot of time being in the background, just collecting insights. And uh, and that's how. And the, the but once you decide, like that, you actually want to pursue, like you know, commit to finding a solution. And the first step was to to evolve away from my career and, and dedicate my time to it. And that's not an easy decision when you know when you're. And I mean, I don't think it's ever an easy decision, but when you have a family and when you you are an immigrant and you know what instability means like. So you have to be ready to, one, um, go back to instability when you just had like really good stability, <laughs> um, financial or whatever the, the case is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also like personally, like you have to be like, okay, now I'm stepping away and I'm going to probably miss out on, I don't know, like emotions or like you know your career and advancement Mm, you are saying you're definitely taking a side move if that makes sense and uh and that's very difficult that's very difficult for most people um and especially for women actually women were not raised to be risk takers that's why there's not that many women founders or women you know creators yet Mm. that's changing drastically but like our generation millennials um because you know we are all about stability we're kind of like the people that need to make sure that the family is running well everything is good you know like and uh when you when you when you step aside like this it's it's really the opposite you know you have a plan obviously you had a plan but still um so that was the first move to to have a backup plan and also be at peace with yourself that this is about to happen and you have to just take it you know and believe that you're doing something Something, whether that's greater or something greater for yourself or for others or both, or this is kind of the path that you need to follow. It has to, you have to feel it, right? It's, it's almost like if I think about it every time, because I think about it almost on a daily basis, sometimes yeah. I'm like, well, what if I didn't make that move? And, and, and my gut and my intuition is like, there is, there is no way, like, I can't even, I can't even picture it, right? Like I had to, I had to follow it, so... That's so cool. And yeah, like definitely there is always like that part of choice. But yeah, that's so cool that you're taking the risk and, and making this happen. So exciting. And was there any important figure, like someone important that really helped you in that? Yeah, of course, my absolutely my, my family. And when I mean my family, mm-hmm. it's my partner. Um, he's amazing, very supportive. He's basically basically enabling me right now. Uh, my even my daughter, she's three and a half years old. Uh, but uh, without her, I don't think I would be that. I have always been very driven and ambitious. But after having a daughter, that tripled and quadrupled, and I don't even know how to explain it. Like she gives me so much power and energy. And um, um, like I said, Alison Robinson, huge influence. Um, she's just the, the most amazing person and supporter and, um, other contributors, like close friends, you know, who are always there when you need them, which is super amazing. And, and again, being an immigrant, I don't take any of this for granted. Like I, all of this, all of that system had to be created. It took years and, uh, you, you're not just like thrown into it, right? Like you, you, you look for it, you work for it, you build it and, and, and you just, without all of this. Uh, this wouldn't be possible. So, uh, these people all sound amazing. Sounds like you have, yeah, an amazing support system, and that's so great that you were able to create that. Yes, yes, yeah. And what's the challenges that you faced 
so far in developing this? Always the same. The challenges, I think, are pretty persistent. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge for me is myself. You have to be able to give yourself the chance. And again, I'm saying that I'm my biggest challenge, but that also comes from the system that I was raised in and how we were programmed in a way. So being able to look outside of that and be more objective and be like, okay, well, you know, there is nothing wrong with doing any of this, you know, like it's, it's super important. So that's a big challenge. Like I'm, uh, it's me against me every single day. Uh, but also that's also a positive in a way because I, I really kind of like look at things very carefully uh, because of that. And uh, other challenges is just right now, like literally right now, is just how do you, like there is only like 4% of venture capital going to women, <laughs> women founders. Yeah. And even like, forget about venture capital firms, like even investors, like there is very little percentage of, you know, female investors and it does matter. Representation does matter, right? Mm -hmm. And also same, same thing with female founders. There is not that many because of the many reasons that we even discussed today. And, and, and we are not that aggressive. We're not, we don't know how to connect to people, right? Because we are more empathetic, more, you know, um, it's just like, it's just more difficult. And we, we, and those boundaries, sometimes we set them for ourselves. But that's because, again, because of the society we live in, because that's how, because of the way we were raised. So, um, like I try to stay connected to women who are already in it and they're like, it's okay. You know, like it's okay not to know stuff. It's okay to go and reach out to someone. It's okay. Because like that gives you the confidence that you're not doing anything wrong. And by the way, every other person out there does that. But for some reason we're like, no, no, we, we, we don't feel yeah. like this is the right thing to do. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like timid, right? And, and, um, and that's a challenge because if you want to do something and accomplish something, you have to ask for it and you have to believe that you have the right to ask for it. So it's, it's definitely a challenge. Definitely. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I feel that this is always what you'll see in the like Pinteresty self-help motivational quotes like you know you're you're your only enemy or something like that oh then, yeah absolutely like yeah which is true but also i wouldn't say only and especially for like being a woman and all the reasons you've mentioned and we've talked about and so many other discriminations um but yeah and was there on the contrary something that was easier than you thought would be easier <laughs> uh I don't, i don't know about easier but delightful is to wake up every day and spend hours and hours working on something that you believe in, you're passionate about, you can do, you have all the necessary skills and whatever you need to do it. Oh my God, it's the best feeling there is. Like, it's just, like, I can, I lose myself. Like, it doesn't feel like work, if that makes sense. And I think that that was very delightful to find out you know um of course there's stressors and stuff but that's always the case you know like uh so i'm, I'm like I'm, I'm i'm i think that we should just live with the stressors and and kind of like try to enjoy the the rest of the time so i i, I find this entire journey extremely delightful in terms of how i spend my time and how i feel well during that you know those work hours or work times like i feel amazing That's amazing. And yeah, knowing that your energy goes to that, that is so, so cool. Why are you proud of it and of yourself? 
I have to literally sit down and think about that. Think about it because again, it's not natural for for me, or I think most women mm-hmm. to think about why they're proud of themselves. Um, yeah. But I'm like, you know what? I have to think about it, and 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 I I have to find an answer. And I did think about it, especially for I think since COVID again. Like I think we just started to appreciate things a little bit more, and 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 life in general. And and I I I think I'm proud of. I have so many things to be proud of, but I think the biggest thing is that. It's just, I have always been extremely intentional and I've always, like, there is a quote that I just resonates with me so much. And I don't know if everybody, like, other people resonate with it or understand, but I read somewhere, something along the lines where I could never accept the circumstances I was born in, right? And I think that's my very first memories, even going back to, you know, when you asked me, when did you realize you're a woman or a girl? You know, like, those are against circumstances and there were so many things that I didn't accept and I've always worked my way towards a solution or to a different way because you know I did not accept things the way they were and that is super uh, the key to why I left Eastern Europe at the age of 18 absolutely by myself with about maybe $400 in my bank account and that was from my aunt she was my sponsor and I don't know even how to describe to you like the next like the next 10 years especially I've been here for 18 it's extremely 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 challenging and difficult and I'm just so proud of myself because I never thought I could even reach 20 or 30 percent of my potential when I say my potential I don't just mean career-wise I mean as a human being who I am today um you know, what I care about, that I really want to make an impact. And I know everybody wants to make an impact, but I'm like, I, I really feel for people because I've seen so much, you know, tragedy uh, throughout my life. And, and um, I'm extremely compassionate and empathetic. And, and, you know, how I have a family, like I never, I never really thought that I would have a family because I was like, there, that's a no place to raise a family. Like, I don't want to raise a family in these, you know, circumstances. And um, when I was 30 and my life was getting on track, that's when I was like, you know what, maybe maybe I should give myself the opportunity to enjoy a family, you know? So I'm very proud of all this. And in terms of this project specifically, I'm proud for a very simple reason. I finally figured out, because I knew that I can create value. You know, I've always created value in the works that are in the, in the work and, you know, um, roles that I've had in the past and even like as a you know as a human being in general I wanted to find because you know like when you spend your time you always spend your time working hard so I'm like I want to find the biggest problem to be solved that is going to have the impact towards the most people possible (laughs) and 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 then spend the same amount of energy that I would spend on something else on this because it's so worth it and and I'm so happy and again that came organically right like because I was you know because of COVID, I was doing this, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is it. You know, because it can affect millions of people. It absolutely positively affects the planet and it's an absolutely self-sustainable business, right? It's a business opportunity. So that's why I'm proud of this project, um, that it's positive for everyone and it's, it's, a, it's a scalable solution business-wise. That is so amazing, like all of the everything that you just said. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so many reasons to be proud. I love it. 
And we're going to conclude on this. Thank you so much. Before we end, is there anything that we didn't say, we didn't talk about, and that you wanted to mention before um, before finishing the podcast? Um, I, I really don't know. I think we, we I think that was amazing. Thank you so much. It was very um, laid back, but also I think uh, there was like some good things that we've discussed. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for everything, um, for sharing all of this. It was really, really interesting. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, if I have to end on a note, I would say if to anyone listening and anyone in general, um, give yourself a chance and, and follow your arrow. Like it's, it sounds cheesy, but I'm 30, I think six, 36 years old now. And um, this has never... Uh, been more true so 